Welcome back, everyone, to Blue Collar Startup. I'm your co-host, Mike Nelson, here with co-host and visionary founder, Derek Foster. Hey, Mike. It feels good to be back. I know. it's. Uh, I was actually speaking with our guest before the show that we'll introduce here in a second, but uh, I kind of have like that Christmas hangover right now. I'm not, I'm not actually hungover, but like, <laughs> although I was, uh, Christmas Eve party at the house got a little out of hand, oh, but... Um, no, it's just been kind of tough getting back into work this week. So I've kind of been like dipping my toe in it every day. And our our staff is, we gave them the week to kind of... Yeah, it's a ghost town around here. Yeah, they're all working remote. And yeah, we just told nice. them like, you know, if, if a client needs something, then please respond. If you want to work, have at it. If you want to not do anything, then that's fine too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, again, it's like we were talking about before the show started, it's... That week, you know, or at least a few days after Christmas, like if you have the ability to just to spend a little extra time with family and and not have to get right back into the grind, you know, so it's it's been yeah, nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough to get anything done this week, but yeah, you know, yeah, we're, we're pushing through. How are the the kids? Must have been adorable. For it's Christmas. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got uh, my daughter got all her Paw Patrol toys. Oh my God, so Santa was good. Bodie's yeah. huge in the Paw Patrol, right? Yeah, now. it's a big thing. Oh it's man, a, it's amazing. They got games. They got. Uh, yeah, we got some clothes, <laughs> everything out. My uh, uh, Kristen's Kristen's sister got Bodie this like video game controller that like connects to your TV and it's Paw Patrol. So now Bodie, he's yeah. four, he's now being indoctrinated into the video games. Yeah, um, but they, I'll leave my they get him hooked. I'll leave my tinfoil hat off for now. But <laughs> so. Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest here in a second, but I, you know, if this is your first time listening to the show, you know, just to kind of give you a rundown, we are a blue collar startup. What we do, our mission is to, you know, empower and educate the next generation of blue collar business owners. And, you know, so each ep- each episode, we sometimes we're interviewing blue collar business owners that they have done what you're trying to do. And so, you know, hopefully they're going to be given some of those golden nuggets uh, of advice and wisdom uh, to help you on your path. In other cases, we are interviewing uh, support organizations, right? So we had Seat in here. We've had BOCES on a few times. Um, and that brings us to today. We're, we're joined by the Associated General, General Contractors, Contractors of New York State. Of New York State. And you're, are you the, Brendan, are you the vice president? Is that your title? Uh, one of my title, yeah, there's multiple vice presidents, but yeah, I'm vice president of education and environment. Okay. AGC. All right. And, and Brendan, I'm sorry because I'm terrible with names. Your last name is? Manning. Manning. Yeah. Brendan Manning. You think I would have gotten that one? <laughs> it wouldn't be a good show if no I No relation to any of the... the any Eli or, or Peyton no. or those guys? Would have been great, <laughs> but no. Um, so... So I got on the website, checked it out, but probably better that you explain a little bit more about what the AGC is and what you do and, and how you support uh, contractors. Sure, sure. We are um, the, a chapter of the AGC of America, which is out of Washington, D.C. There, there are AGC chapters in every state across the country, including there's actually one in Canada, one in Puerto Rico. Um, but we as a chapter cover statewide. We represent, for the most part, general contractors uh, across New York, but we do have members that are subcontractors uh, associate members, which are attorneys, insurance agents, uh, all representing the industry sure. across. We represent both commercial building and heavy sill contractors. So locally, companies like DA Collins Construction from the, on the highway side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know some of the building side members, MLB, which I know you've had on. Uh, yeah. BBL Construction, Turner Construction, Gilbane, all the companies that are covered, you know, regionally and statewide. Um, but we do everything from lobbying to, you know, advocating on education and training, 
uh, teach teaching courses and classes for project management. Um, you know, we advocate with public owners, private owners. Uh, we do a lot of work representing, for the most part, general contractors. So, and that was uh, something that was kind of interesting to see when I got on the website to learn a little bit more because I am trying to get be more proactive, everyone, of actually doing a little research before the shows. I heard that'll make us better interviewers. But um, so uh, for, on the lobbying side, like help us understand kind of like, like what is that? Like what, what do you mean by what? I mean, obviously, sure. you know, we know what lobbying is, but how does that affect like the DA Collins or your general contractors? That sure. I mean, from a lobbying standpoint, we're, we're doing things obviously to, to be proactive for our members, but also reactive. There are a lot of bills and things that legislators put out there that that you know, our struggle, of course, some of, some of our safety things, things are that we're, we're fine with that we just have to follow suit. Um, but you know, we obviously lobby our legislators for obviously from the road and bridge side. We're looking for funding. We're looking mm-hmm. for money. Uh, that's a big thing coming up with the New York State budget. Uh, we know that there's going to be kind of a, a shortfall coming up next year in the next couple of years. Um, we've had a few years with some surplus, but. Um, you know, we saw this large influx of infrastructure money come in from the federal government. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to figure out where that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we run into situations where the money comes, is starting to make its way in the state, but we're trying to figure out where exactly that money is. It's, wow. it's a struggle, unfortunately. it's. Uh, I bet there's a bunch of taxpayers wondering the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody who drives that, you know, you start to see how crappy the roads and bridges are. Right? Yeah. And things that are you're running into. And but, tolls keep going up. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it happens. That's where... The throughway, unfortunately, is funded by those tolls, and that's that's what we have to do to continue to see it grow. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, I didn't even know that, and I don't pay attention because I have the Easy Pass on on right. my dash. So whenever I drive anywhere, I don't even think about it. It's yeah. Just getting taken out of our account. So like, and it hasn't it hasn't that's been why they increased. Did it. In, <laughs> hasn't been increased in years. Um, it hasn't been touched because they said originally the whole idea behind this was that it was going to be phased out, and the sure. taxpayers would fund it. Well, we have enough enough things that the taxpayers have to pay for to begin with. And uh, we understand that. And, you know, a big struggle on the, the bridge and highway side is, of course, now that we fund the majority of this through the gas tax. Mm-hmm. So now we're sitting here listening as the state wants to go green and we want to go electric. Then how are we going to collect the gas tax? Yeah. If no one is buying gas, how do we fund the roads and bridges? No. Yeah, there's a bunch of unintended so, consequences of right. some of that stuff that so, yeah, I've been reading about that's very interesting. Right. So we might have to turn into a situation where... People are going to be billed, you know, go get your inspection done every year. Now you're going to get your mileage checked. Okay, you drove 14,300 miles. Here's your bill. Wow, so stop it. It, it might, you might have to move that direction. If, if you're going to drive an electric car, you're not going to pay the gas tax. There's got to be another way to <laughs> – because I don't know if anybody realizes this, but all these electric vehicles weigh more than you – know, A lot more. A lot more. So Batteries are putting, heavy. It's putting wear, wear and tear on these roads that – People weren't expecting another one of the unintended consequences right. I was reading about. Yeah. So one thing just keeps, you know, one thing after the next, we need to figure out how that's going to be covered. So those are some of the things that we do trying to find better ways, better resources to help mm-hmm. uh, without throwing it on the backs of the taxpayers, you know, we're sure. trying to figure out a way, well, <clears throat> we have to get it done. And it's, uh, if, you, if you want to continue, as we say, using the roads and, until we start flying around like the Jetsons, we're going to continue to do yeah, the sweet. roads and bridges, you know, so. Um, that's again, that's one of the things we do from a lobbying standpoint, lobbying legislators for funding. Yeah. Um, but it, it's everything from advocating to, to try to advocate for hospitals, 
you know, schools, everything else that, that's out there that our members would benefit from. So, and when you say advocating, so advocating to get those projects done, working to help get, so if uh, St. Peter's is trying to put on an addition or build a new facility that you guys will go in and kind of help to throw your support behind that? Well, and Yeah, we, we can do that. I mean, a lot of the private work is done totally separately. That's private okay. funding. But there's, there's, you know, there's consequences here now with when it comes to making sure that the state is going to pay prevailing wage on projects if, yep. if there's any kind of public money involved at all. So an IDA is going to fa- you know help give better financing or give you know money. So does that mean now it's got to go as a project labor agreement? It's going to be all union. How's that going to work? So there's there's things that we kind of work on uh, on a regular basis with the legislators to figure that out. Um, but it's you know there's something there's there's crazy bills that come across your desk that make no sense at all, which everybody runs into all the time. Yeah. You know, we, we've kind of the running joke is when legislators are off, they're home for the holidays. We're like, thank God they're gone. So it's kind of like they can't do any more damage. They're kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind is of, that a joke yeah. or is that just a way think, of life? These days? So we, uh, there are a lot of crazy bills that are out there that we have to, you know, defend against, and then there's others that we have to propose. We want to try yeah. to advocate for, and, and uh, but there's there's a lot of different ways we go about lobbying from that standpoint. Um, but that's just one of the little things that we do. We help. We work a lot of state state offices, uh, Department of Transportation, mm-hmm. OGS, Dormitory Authority, State University Construction Fund. We work very closely with their staff as well, making sure that they find better ways to to build. There's more better methods and try to keep them up because we can we can provide that national resource from AGC of America and yeah. provide resources from other states that sometimes they'll turn to us and say, "What are they doing in Chicago? What are they doing in California? What are they doing that might be, you know, advanced?" compared to, you know, what we're doing in New York. So now is a lot of that when you say, um, showing them a better way to build, right? So is a lot of that just because of emerging technology and changes that we're seeing with whether it's tools or AI or, you know, any of the, uh, I mean, so much of it now, I guess it's so much, it's computer driven. So yeah. is, is that what you're talking about? That, where that's, the a big, that's a big part of it. Yeah. We, and we will introduce a lot of the educational programs, BIM, building information modeling, using 3d modeling mm-hmm. online, on a computer to be able to do a walkthrough, show an owner a walkthrough of their building. And, and But that's not only a big part of that from the, the digital standpoint, but looking at it from a standpoint of rolling out a project before you, you start to build, you realize, wait a minute, there's you can come up with flaws and errors in that design on a computer first before you get in the field. It's going to cost you a hundred grand to fix it in the field. If you can find it on a computer first, and say, well, let's fix this. And so it's the beam, cool. beam, a pipe, yeah. a peep, you know, a pipe running through a beam. And if you can pick those things up and the software is a lot of times will just, and AI is a big part of that now. Yeah. AI is going to pick it up and say, whoa, wait a minute. There's now a pipe sitting six inches too low. It's going to run through a beam. You can't do that. You got to figure out a way to go around or whatever. And if, again, it's a, it's a change order in the field Yeah. here, you can get it done on a computer and, fix it before it gets out there. So I'm like laughing in my head because all I'm thinking about is the stuff that I call construction that I do around the farm <laughs> that anyone in construction would not call construction. I just laugh because I'm literally like building this chicken coop. And I actually did draw it out before I, before I started building. I mean, it's, it's a good size coop. We'll call it a, you know, what do they call it? A chicken mansion. But it, uh, a bird as, hotel. A bird hotel. <laughs> it, um, but as I've been going through, like, I've had to change so many different things. And, like, oh, and I, I must have measured something incorrectly. Like, I just think about all these little <laughs> cob job things that I do. And I'm like, imagine that on, like, a large scale where you're out in the field. And right. all of a sudden you realize, like, oh, this isn't going to work. 
Right. And that, that's a big process. I mean, obviously, that's why you've got, you've got estimators. You've got people that an estimator yeah. will come back to a designer and say, this isn't going to fly. This is going to, and that's, that's a big part of obviously why we have to make sure we've got a great relationship with engineers and architects because mm-hmm. that's, you know, you have an RFI request for information goes out to the architect saying, just, this doesn't make sense. This wall is not going to work this way. This is, and that's where you're starting to see more and more owners bring contractors in earlier rather than just turning to a designer and say, give us the design, mm-hmm. come back and then we're going to work with it. Contractors would tell you a lot. They're not getting complete plans. They're not seeing that. They have to kind of finish it, do as built as they're going along the process. And if an owner brings a contractor in early, it may save them a lot of time and money. Hmm. So it's uh, it's important. I mean, that's again, that's a part of educating owners. Good advice as, as to why why you want to get in early to try to do that. So yeah, it's uh, that whole big commercial gain. It just is fascinating to me, like how they build these huge. You know, like MLB with Skidmore yeah. and all these, you know, I just, it's crazy to me uh, yeah. that people are able to do that. But I guess that's why they're smarter and <laughs> <laughs> they're not doing podcasts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, fortunately, you're not on the lobbying side, right? You're, you're on the educational piece. Correct. So yeah. tell us, um, tell us more about that. Cause I thought that was when I started looking online, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't realize that you guys did that or that that was available. Sure. Yeah, I, I do everything from the low level of trying to get parents engaged and students and trying to get them involved in, in thinking about construction careers mm-hmm. from an early age. It's, it's we, we, As we say, we try to get to them by like fourth or fifth grade to get them to even just consider construction. <clears throat> you know, by fifth grade, they're kind of deciding, they start eliminating careers mm-hmm. as compared to deciding, I'm going to be a, you know, fifth grade, you don't say, I'm going to be a doctor. <clears throat> Maybe you're going to learn that, but I think... With time, we try to introduce them to the idea that it's an important thing. Um, so that's one one stage that I do right up through middle school, high school, college mm-hmm. students. We actually have 13 student chapters across the state of New York in colleges. So Hudson Valley Community College has an AGC student chapter. Oh, no kidding. So students oh. will get together. Uh, it's an after, I say, after class program, but it could be something where they just, they get together, hear from a, an industry speaker, could yeah. be talking about a new technology, could be computers, it could be... Uh, whatever they do, or we try to set them up to they get job site visits. So MLB's got a site; they're going to grab that student chapter and get them out for a job site tour. Because mm-hmm. you know it only makes sense. You're not going to sit in a classroom and not introduce them to what's in the field. You know it doesn't make any sense in, yeah. a, in a book or on a computer. Um, so we've got student chapters all across the state, in the city. You know Buffalo, Alfred, RIT, Clarkson. Uh, they all have AGC student chapters. Um, we try to engage them into you know hearing from speakers and things outside of the classroom mm-hmm. to, and they, they have officers they create a little student club basically um so that, that's one of the things i work on as well and then of course continuing education for contractors so project management skills um we do everything from a we do a program called the stp program supervisory training program and that's bringing field personnel trades people that are moving into that foreman level mm-hmm. maybe from foreman to then move to superintendent but it's, it's a class that we run every Thursday night, actually at uh, Eastern Contractors Association, the building, six-hour line drive. Yeah. Every Thursday night, they they come in. We usually have about 25 people from the field come in after hours, so it's from six to eight every Thursday night in the fall through the spring. <clears throat> we know the summer, obviously, they're they're super busy, so mm-hmm. we don't get them in the summer. But So we run three different units of different educational programming and communications on contracts, on the basics that they need to understand from a standpoint of being a foreman and reporting. Um, 
So that's something we do. Then we they move into project management skills and one of the other programs, which I mentioned, Construction Leadership Academy, is the next step, which is where project managers get to understand how their small little project affects the bottom line of their overall company. So they start to hear from insurance professionals, bonding professionals, um, you know, issues on dispute resolution that they might run into with owners or with private, you know, subcontractors. There could be issues. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a program that has been very successful that we do against statewide. Um, so we try to continue to to put that out there. We, we seem to do, people seem to like the programs and get good feedback and, and uh, try to make sure we're leading the next educational group. And I've been with the AGC for 23 years and we have some of the people that we're in that very early class are now presidents of companies mm-hmm. here in the capital cool. region and, and across the state. So there's companies that we see. Um, how, j- how many of your members participate in that educational program? Uh, I'd say overall for just those one, a couple that I mentioned, I'd say probably only 35 to 40%. Uh, we try to get more and more firms engaged. Um, and it's not to say the other programs that we run, which, you know, we always frowned upon doing anything online before COVID, right? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to have that face-to-face yeah. connection. Then you realize, wait a minute, there's some, there's some good programs you can do in an hour and a half and get them done. And everybody across the state can jump on at 8.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock get an hour and a half of education done and, you know, walk away. And, and those are good when it comes to issues that we have with new, new laws in New York, um, new issues they have to hear about, um, which, you know, we're always getting through new laws, whether it's everything just from sexual harassment training to, you know, all these things that we try to get attorneys out in front of people and mm-hmm. get them educated, educate their firms quickly if we can do that. Um, so that, that seems to work out very well for most of our members. So yeah, I would imagine it's got to be a, a good recruiting tool, you know, for a yeah. company to be able to be able to advertise and offer that they have these training programs and a right. career path. You know, we talked with the guys from Boom Nation and, you know, one of the th- one of their points last week was, you know, they had to get some of the employers to to meet the employees, you know, meet the candidates yeah. halfway. Right. Sure. Um, you know, and offering those programs and, you know, you create that career path. And I would imagine that that would spark you know, some, some good talent. Yeah. Uh, we were actually, it was funny. We, we were one of the only chapters we jumped on. I have a, a boss that's actually a couple of years younger than I am. And he was immediately on board with Zoom. <clears throat> he, he knew Zoom early on yeah. and kind of jumped on it and got our staff involved immediately. And we, we, so everything that was rolling out with all the COVID issues and concerns that were, were out there, we would run a Zoom. We, we'd be working from home, of course, mm-hmm. but we could run them on our computers and run a Zoom information. We did it to prospects. We were, I think we were one of the only chapters in the country that didn't lose members. We actually gained members during COVID wow. because we just rolled out ongoing, continuous Zoom calls for prospects and members. And they realized quickly that, wow, these, these guys can get some information out quickly. And it was important information. So we ended up getting more people that joined AGC for the information that we provide. So... so- I have so many questions now. Uh, and I would also like to just mention the amount of restraint that I'm exercising. He keeps bringing up stuff about New York State and laws, and I'm I'm not cracking any jokes there. That's good. I just want you to be proud of me. I'm just, we'll save that for after the show. Okay. <laughs> so um, as far as, like, 
the benefit of like it's a is this a the, is the training a benefit of membership? Like do do they pay for the individual training they, sessions? They or? pay they pay a fee. To, we keep them we keep it very low. We yeah, yeah. We make a ton of profit on the educational programming because they everybody who joins the ADC pays dues. It's mm-hmm. a dues dues trade association. Uh, so we're we're nonprofit. We're we're not a not for profit. We're not uh, you know make a wish or we're not any of those those programs. But we I mean we have a separate scholarship program mm-hmm. which is a foundation which is totally separate from that. But and that raises a ton of money. You know, we, we give out, you know, close to $85,000 in scholarships every year. Oh, that's amazing. To students. And a lot of those AGC student chapters that get yeah. that need. I mean, Clarkson University is not a uh, an inexpensive program. It's, right. It's got to be up to 70 by now, I think, a year to go wow. to Clarkson. And it's, uh, but it turns out some of the best civil engineers we have in the state, I mean, that's uh it's a great program. Yeah, they've got a great engineering program yeah. for sure. So we have a ton of members and a lot of alumni of the program that are that are in the membership now. And uh, I think one of the one of the keys. I think I know MLB historically has always been part of Union College. Was always a both all the MLB founding members all went to Union Civil Engineering Program. Oh yeah, which my sister did, and they closed their program about fifteen years ago. They decided it wasn't bringing in a lot of money to mm-hmm. college, so they dropped the program. It was one of the oldest civil engineering programs in the entire country. Wow. Those engineers built the Erie Canal from Union College. They just decided, I don't know, two years ago, they're going to bring the program back. Oh, cool. They, they see a huge need, obviously, between infrastructure and everything else going on that yeah. let's let's get back into this. So all those... We need we need more people that know how to how things work and yeah, how to yeah. fix them. <laughs> right? You know, Absolutely. That number's shrinking every day. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but speaking of college, so what are your thoughts on on college for you know somebody that's in middle school, high school, not really sure what they want to do? Well, I, I think it's you know from my standpoint, my wife's standpoint, it was always our job as a parent to to do career exploration for our kids, give them different directions, show them different things that we can do. I was luckily enough, privileged enough to to help out on an event called Construction Career Days here in the Capital Region, which we're trying to reinvigorate. And it was literally a field trip for kids to get on, go get on heavy equipment, operate backhoes, operate skid steers, work with bricklayers, work with carpenters, and get their hands sturdy, but figure out, well, maybe this is for me. Maybe this is something we can do. Um, But at the same time, you talk about different careers and different options and and let your kids decide from there. I mean, my Mm -hmm. son knew early on college probably wasn't going to be for him. <clears throat> and he went the electrical route, did BOCES electrical program, and loved it. And he went from a kid who was shooting D's and C's in school to going to BOCES, uh, but still had to work back with his home school on classes just like everyone else. But I think because now he had direction and knew what he wanted, yeah, he started shooting A's and B's back in homeschool. You know, his math scores all jumped. Everything started jumping yeah. because now things are making sense. Things are like, okay, now I have something, you know, something in front of me to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really have that before. That's great. Uh, where my daughter went right to college, uh, just graduated from Oneonta to environmental sustainability and wants to save the world. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see, uh, see how that goes. So. No, it's very cool. And we love yeah. BOCES. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we do. Great, great programs. Great, great programs. Yeah. And, and I just heard the other day, the, uh, Capital District BOCES program, which I know BBL just completed their brand new campus, huge mm-hmm. new campus to make room and space for different programs. They already have a need for more. There's more kids on wait lists oh, no in, in schools around the Capital Region that want to get in. That, That's a good sign. Yeah. And they said, geez, we might have to look at expansion again, you know, just yeah. for, and the districts have to realize that. And I think it was, 
you know, I know for a fact, I, I went to Voorheesville, that the guidance counselors were kind of pushed to get you to go to that four-year college. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like 95% of all our graduates went on to four-year colleges. Right. I can I can tell you, from my standpoint, there, there were maybe 85 kids who graduated from my class. I'd say half of them finished in four, maybe six years. Mm-hmm. The rest of them either dropped out, went to two-year, went into the military, did something different. Yeah. It's not, it's not for everybody. It's not. And, uh, so I think it's our job to kind of give them the direction of multiple routes and see what they choose at that point. Yeah. And kids, there's so many, there's so many differences in kids. And like, like we talked about it where like my daughter, similar to your son, right? Where she was just, she's not a good student at school. And then she went to BOCES though. And like, I literally, I think she got through high school because of BOCES. Like, I don't, you know, now she's yep. going to college. And again, at, there was no college talk until she started going to BOCES. And then BOCES kind of gave her the, the confidence, I guess, you know, or, and also the, the passion in something outside sure. of like, you know, the classes she was taking at school. So it was uh, just a great program. Yeah. does a lot of good for kids, it for is. sure. It is. And it, it teaches, you know, as the parents see that and see the benefits for the kids, that they start to realize these are huge. And there's there's huge potential. I don't think anybody realized. I mean, I always give the example to a parent. I said, when was the last time you could get a plumber to your house? I mean, when, yeah. or an electrician. or a, And then what happened by the time they just came to diagnose, how much did that cost you? I mean, so you think these jobs are aren't great careers they're they're phenomenal yeah. careers yeah it's, uh, that's what we say all the time plenty of millionaire yeah. plumbers out there absolutely i just got a call uh last night my my uncle had a uh backup at his house <laughs> he goes you know any plumbers i said uh, yes we do yeah. <laughs> we know a few so. so who what kind of companies so i know that like you've you've mentioned a couple but like da collins and mlb now is it only large contractors that you typically are finding our, our members or is it all different sizes? Yeah, it's all different sizes. Uh, there, there's a firm, which I think you, um, if you haven't spoken with her before, uh, Husig Valley Contractors. Okay. Um, it, it, Stephanie Wiley is a, a woman-owned business. Um, she took over the company from her father, has been in the business since she was a little girl, spent time on Saturdays in the office with her dad. And she struggled for a little while because she w- was a woman-approved business by the state of New York. Mm-hmm. And they came back in, sent in some random person and said, well, because she didn't have an engineering degree, they took that away from her. They took away that designation really? from her. And she's like, wait a minute. I, wow. I've run this company. This is not me and my husband. But I've been here since I was a little girl. This, yeah. this was my father's. I took it over. And everybody in that company vouched for her. And they still took the designation. She finally had with help of attorneys went after the state and they fortunately gave it back to her, her designation. Back, what a which, weird thing to do. There, yeah. That, that <laughs> like, whole program needs a, needs a lot of work. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, they don't seem to understand what goes into running a business. And yeah. just because somebody doesn't have a degree in civil engineering or construction management doesn't yeah. mean they can't run that company. And it's, and they know, she knows every detail, every estimate, every every project that they do. It's because she's not out there swinging the hammer. They think, oh, she doesn't run the company. I'm like, that's not how this works. This is, you know, she's <laughs> a general contractor. She needs management. She needs, you know. So, you know, I think you should definitely have Stephanie on. She's I would love to. phenomenal. But they're a small, small general contractor, very small regional, you know, in the Troy area. Um, yeah. And, and they do different amounts of work, different sizes. So there's, it's all different size firms. I mean, you've got Turner Construction, who's probably the, the largest, largest. In, in the world. I think yeah. general, general contractor is a member. They've been a member for a long time. They, they started in New York City. I mean, their first project in the 1800s were 
Subway stairs, I think. That's yeah. The very first project they grew, obviously, and then, but the companies like Gilbane and yeah, again, another big, huge one. Big, you know, companies Consigli, all these other companies that are big yeah. firms are members, but you know, we have just as many small, you know, small companies as well. Well, that's you know, I was thinking about it when I was on your website, and I was thinking about that question of like, oh, I wonder who they work with, just because. You know, the smaller, everybody obviously needs education, right? But the smaller firms, I just feel like sometimes it's it's going to be a lot harder for them to seek it, to find it, to be able to dedicate time to it. So it's, right. you know, uh, but so important in order for them to grow as companies and, you know, mm-hmm. scale and, and do it, uh, you know, faster yeah. and with less hiccups than trying to, you know, learn all those lessons on your own. So that's, that, that's, that's awesome. That's the key is, is they have to get, they need to be, you know, they don't have to give us a ton of time, but they have to give back as much as they, you know, if they're going to join and just sit back and just read our newsletter, that's, there's no reason. We're right. at the point where like, you don't need to send us a check anymore. Don't, you're not, you're not engaging. You need to get involved. And, and I'm sure Stephanie will be one of the first people to tell you that she's attended. She comes to our summer meeting. She hears from these speakers and I'm sure she's gotten a lot out of being a small firm participating and trying to get involved. So yeah, well, I can't tough. wait to ask her about that. It, it's, <laughs> it's tough. It, she, same thing. She's got young kids. She's trying to yeah. be a mom and run a business and do, do both. And it's and fight uh, New York state apparently yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> and that's uh, it, it's a tough, tough haul, but she did it and she's uh, doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. Now do a lot of your members, do they, uh, you know, get together and network at all and share best practices, that type of thing? They do. They do. Yeah. And, and some of them have, they do separate groups where they get into peer groups. Um, some of them do peer groups on a national level. Some of them have realized some of these organizations will do a peer group where they'll meet up with the same size firm that does similar work, but they're from Chicago. So they don't compete. So they're, they're really working with different companies around the country that are the same size, mm-hmm. try to share best practices with each other, try to help each other out. And I think one of the things you'll see even in New York, we have some of the smaller firms that end up joint venturing with some of the bigger companies. Because of, because they come to AGC events and they meet people, you know, yeah, they realize that's great. got firms that are working, living, you know, they work at an Orchard Park in New York, and next thing you know, they're they connect to a Saratoga Eagle Beverage, so they're in Saratoga building warehouses for them, and they they call our members in Albany and say, listen, we've never worked in Albany, can you help us find some subcontractors, you know, try to find it, and they they do, they're more than happy to reach out and help them, so. I lo- I'm such a huge fan of like the peer to peer networks across the country and being able to, like you said, like best practice with people that aren't your competitors. They're doing the same thing that you're right. doing, but in different markets. I've been uh, involved in uh, a couple different industries that I was fortunate enough to have that with. And it was just, it was amazing. One of which was snow and ice. Okay. Right. And so we used to go out, uh, Sima, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with snow and ice management association, uh, we'd go out every year. They had their, you know, four days of snow. Uh, of course it was in the summer. And, um, <laughs> but it, uh, just what a great, what a great thing. And, and then throughout the year we would do different, you know, whether it was build a bid workshops and, you know, how to basically just some of the skills were things that you just would think everyone should know before having a company, but like, but at the same time, no, like yeah. how to properly, you know, uh, measure a parking lot and attach a, a dollar figure to that, that you're actually going to make money on and not go out of business on kind sure. of thing, you know, just, so it was just, it was great. And I still, I mean, God, that was 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I still have people that I'm friends with. And, uh, actually today's Dave Gallagher's birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. He's one of those people. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, what a, what a great thing that is and to be able to take advantage of that. So that's yeah. awesome. It's, it's important. And we realize that we, we, we start to do association is realized as well, because we, we were talking about 
I'm in a woman-owned business here in the state. Minority goals are a big thing in the state. You know, mm-hmm. they keep pushing this 30% number. They want 30% minority goals on projects, public projects. And so we realized rather than sitting here and fighting it, realizing it's an important thing that we've been trying to do training education for my small minority contractors mm-hmm. because you find a small minority contractor, they don't have an estimator. They're just trying to, you know, they, it could be three people in the firm. R- right. So one person's all back office. One person's trying to, you know, yeah. manage the company. One's out. They have an so, estimator, but it's the owner and also yeah. the, you know, yeah. the, the person wearing five, five other hats yeah, as well. Yeah. At the kitchen table with their laptop. Trying yeah. To get in a, you know, so it's those things that we, we bring in the top bonding agents, top insurance agents, um, and, and, talk with them about what you need to be looking at from your, from your size standpoint, what you need to do and, and the basics of estimating the basics that kind of get the ball rolling. So mm-hmm. the idea is, is rather than fight it. Let's try to build the capacity rather than scream and yell about it and say, these, right, are, right. these are crazy, which we do realize, I mean, you're, you're in Watertown, New York and put 30% minority goals on, on a project or Messina up on the Canadian border. Sure. You're, you're not going to reach those goals. Unfortunately, you're not going to get, Firms from Brooklyn traveling up to, you know, Watertown to do work. So, yeah. um, you know, we try to t- work with New York and try to realize it's an important thing to do and try to grow a business, whether you're a minority or you're anybody new trying to start a business. Yeah. Do, do you find um, or do you have any involvement with people that maybe aren't business owners, but they're just on the labor side or the skilled labor side? Like, do you get involved in that as well? Yeah, we work closely. And, and I personally, uh, I'm a management trustee with the New York State Laborers. So we do actually some collective bargaining um, oh, cool. for AGC, does collective bargaining with the unions just on the highway side in upstate New York, so mm-hmm. from Buffalo through Albany. Uh, we kind of stop around the Hudson Valley. There's other organizations that do south Hudson Valley in the city. Uh, but I, I'm a management trustee, so I, I represent management and you know go to these trustee meetings with the laborers. And, and I, I sit on their health and safety committee, so it's sitting there and, and discussing issues and concerns that they have in the field and what the laborers deal with every day, day in and day out. And um, that was obviously huge during COVID, trying to make sure people were safe. And mm-hmm. Because luckily enough, you know, construction was one of those critical, you know, professions that we can continue working during COVID. Very cool. So many things. <laughs> so, so what is, uh, let me just make sure I'm not keeping you too late here. Um, from a... What's it look like to join? Like, what you know, from a member standpoint of, you know, I'm a small contractor. I got half a dozen employees. Sure. And I want to get involved. Like, what, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, we, we get engaged. You can, you can certainly reach out to us. Our, our membership director would sit down with you and, and try to show you the benefits and, and look at it. And we're a big enough association that if it's not going to be a fit and it doesn't, it's not going to work, we'll tell you. It's like we're, not, right. we're not here to collect your money. Because what happens is we collect dues from somebody for one year and then they, they leave the next year. Yeah. We kind of teach you how to get engaged, what kind of events, you know, and you let us know, what are you looking to do? Who, who are you looking to engage with? And we'll say, okay, come to this event, come to this networking event. Some could just be cocktail receptions, some mm-hmm. could be basic. Most are usually a combination of some education and networking together. Um, and there's there's different events that you can do. We do them all around the state. It's based on the region that you're in. Uh, if you're looking to get into another region, we can introduce you to contractors in those regions. Um, and we do different regional meetings, so you can attend each one that you you want yeah. uh, to meet more people and and get involved. So we'd be just reaching out to our membership director and, and uh, signing up. And it's it's all there's as a general contractor there's volume dues, so it's based mm-hmm. on how much work you put in place, and it maxes out. It gets to a point, but we kind of ramp you up over time. The volume dues kind of increase with time, but um, so that's kind of how the association works. 
Do you have any events coming up in the near future? Or? Well, we have a lot of different, I mean, we have, uh, luckily enough, we have a, a winter meeting coming up. Um, it's a little south of here in a Caribbean island called Grand Cayman. So there's a, that's that's a one little spot you can go to. Uh, how, do, how do I go there? Yeah, right. <laughs> do I get that trip yeah, free yeah, with yeah, membership? <laughs> there's about, there. we actually have about 200 people coming to that meeting. Nice. Um, and it's, it's something we, the first time we've been back to since COVID, we haven't, you know, we've kind of stayed on the continent of yeah. the U.S., not knowing travel restrictions. And so that's the first time that they have that one coming up. But we, we have a number of different things. We actually have next week uh, on Tuesday, one of the biggest issues we deal with now in the construction industry, uh, unfortunately, is suicide. Um, we are probably one of the highest, you know, professions in the country of more suicides known than, than any other really? industry. We're very, very high. Um we have an event on Tuesday that we're actually co-sponsoring uh, with the New York State Department of its uh, OGS, Office of General mm-hmm. Services. We're doing a program at SUNY Albany on that. Uh, we actually have a speaker coming in from the Midwest who is a construction superintendent, but he he really engaged his people right off the bat saying, you know, we're such a tough industry. We always kind of just say, suck it up and move on. And that's sure. kind of you do your thing. You can't do that anymore. That's, that's not how we need to be. We need to communicate talk and understand what people are going through and it's uh you know it's one of those things that we've tried to engage more and more companies to get involved with yeah so wow that's crazy i had no idea i never knew that (coughs) what's um i know we're out of time but i just i had so many other questions from uh you know like we were talking about other associations you know um locally obviously there's a few but of course across the country there's tons of them right so like how do you Playing in the sand with, you know, like the Nescas of the world and other... Uh... We, we do a lot of joint training with them, education. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with Nesca, uh, we do programs that we can, you know, benefit both of our members. could be on basic insurance laws and mm-hmm. other programs. Uh, we do a great event at the Century House called Meet the Estimators with them. And what that is, is our general contractor members, probably, it's got to be almost 30 firms will do kind of trade show booths. General contractors will set up around the room and all the subcontractors come in and just meet them. And it's usually their estimating teams. So most of the time you're getting a phone call from a general contractor or, or you know, an email saying, can you bid on this project? Mm-hmm. Well, you never get to meet those people. It's always back and forth on the phone or, you know, via email or whatever. Yeah. Well, now the estimating team's there in the room. So you're getting to meet all these people for the first time. And it turns into a great interaction between these people and realize, wow, I've been talking to you for 10 years. I've never <laughs> even met you before. And next thing you know, it's a good connection. So, and those organizations are great organizations. Again, not just the regional, mm-hmm. but they're all across the state, all across the country. And a lot of them work interactively with each other and help each other out on, on joint programs. Of course, we're going to disagree on certain things, you know, as a general contractor and a subcontractor, but, you know, that happens, but it's part of doing business. It's part yeah. of, you know, interacting, but trying to make sure we create a good team for the owner. So well, that's our final goal. Do you find that you share some of those members? Is that a common thing where you have someone that might be in Nesca and in we AGC? Do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Of course, a lot of the vendors um, will, will be joint members of different organizations. A lot mm-hmm. of the same attorneys, same insurance people are all connected for both subcontractors and general contractors. Um, and we have even just some of the subs are members of ours as well. Um, so it's they see the benefit of going to both events and interacting. So it's. For the listeners, uh, Nesca, it's Northeastern Subcontractors Association, correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Great organization. They've been around for years. A gentleman by the name of Mike Meisenheimer is uh, executive director there. 
And uh, yeah, we do a lot of a lot of programs. One of the big things we've been doing more of, we have a group called the Construction Leadership Council, and it's a separate committee of just young contractors. So it's young contractors saying, you know what, we want to do our own stuff separate from our bosses. We want to do you know separate networking, networking events here from different speakers and leadership and hmm. skills that maybe they, they have already learned. Uh, we want to hear more of that. So we we do a lot of stuff with Nesca, do a lot of joint events. Uh, networking events just to talk. Yeah. And, uh, the subcontractors love it. GCs get to meet new new subs and um, exchange business cards, that type of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's better than commiserating with people in the field that you're in and having a couple of cocktails, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, um, I had one last question. I think I'm going to forget it, though. Oh, so obviously in the education part of things that's where you spend that you've done that your entire career you've been on the education side or yeah, is it- I, i've been well I, I started actually in the banking world when i first got out i went to siena college got a degree in marketing management and finance and uh um came out and started working in the banking world and uh was there with it was at the time with all bank locally which became charter, charter one charter yeah. one came from ohio bought them out and then citizens bank came in and bought out charter one so citizens of course okay is, all across, well, I would say, they're probably more <coughs> northeast um, out of Rhode Island. I know at the time I thought they were just a small bank. Little did I know they're owned by the Royal Bank of Scotland. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're much larger than I thought. But um, so I, I was in that industry for a while and then started moving. I moved into um, computers and software. And it was actually a company that was doing timberline estimating software and a company called Prolog, which was est- project management software. And then was there for a few years right during Y2K, and they thought I was the greatest thing in the world because I was an inside salesman. I just scared the crap out of everybody saying, you need new software or it's Y2K. all, it's all going to crash. It's all <laughs> oh, my God, crash. I remember that, actually. So they're like, wow, you're selling like crazy. I said, well, guess what? It's selling itself because everybody's scared. <laughs> <laughs> has to be compatible. Has yeah, to be right. compatible. And so that's I did that for a couple of years, and then AGC position came, and it was something I've always been engaged with. Uh, my stepfather was a home builder, and it was just something yeah. I always – connected with builders and always knew that, that I wanted to be involved in the industry somehow. So, so, so with that background and then, and, and being with AGC and being in the education and component and helping businesses learn how to be successful, mm-hmm. if you were going to, you know, give one piece of advice about how to be successful as a general contractor from what you've seen, sure. uh, what, what do you think it would be? I'd say, you know, especially the firms that are just starting, uh, find a good attorney, good accountant, <clears throat> those two, and make sure they know your industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know plenty of attorneys that just can tell you they can handle any contracts they can handle. If you find the right firms, of course, you may pay a few bucks more per hour for a good attorney that knows construction contracts. Um, but a good accountant, a good attorney can change everything for you because they can give you business advice most of the time that's going to help you through some of those issues because mm-hmm. they have experience. If, they, if they've litigated or... <clears throat> dealt with issues when it came to, you know, dispute resolution. Um, they can get you through that sometimes without ever stepping foot in a courtroom. And and uh, so that's a big part of it. I think it's uh, an important step. <clears throat> not, th- not, not that the, that's the education for construction per se, but right, yeah. just keep learning. Just that that's going to be the key is just to keep getting more new information and take some chances. 
I mean, that's, that's, well, that's contracting in general. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Contracting and business ownership. Yeah. yeah. In, in general. And I mean, I'm sure you have a ton of contacts, you know, uh, as far as CPAs and attorneys, we've actually, mm-hmm. we, we're doing some content pieces on the back end of mm-hmm. the, the website. So we'd love to, to maybe, you know, get some recommendations you for any you, recommendations. anybody who would want to come on and Absolutely. do more of an educational piece for, for the listeners. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There, there's some great attorneys in the capital region here that I think being in the capital kind of helps knowing what the what you have here in the area and deal mm-hmm. with with the state of course is a big part of that but private ownership is They're so easy to work so. with what are you talking about <laughs> so it's it's uh there's a lot of great resources there so, so uh so if people want to learn more about agc uh if they want to learn more about the education opportunities and the other things that they can utilize with membership uh mm-hmm. how do they find you guys uh, they just go to agcnysnewyorkstate.org, O-R-G. Dot org, yep. okay. And then our national is just agc.org. That's the, out of Washington, D.C. So, Do you uh, guys do the social media stuff? We do. Oh, you we do. do? Okay, so they can learn um, more about you there, too. Yep, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. We've got them all up there. You'll see event photos and, and projects and information. We do a lot of work um, locally trying to advocate for projects as well. So That's awesome. Very good. Oh, so you looked like you were about to say something. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Brandon, I we really appreciate you coming on um, and, uh, you know, taking time to drive up here. And uh, thank you. Sure. Thanks for coming. Great. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to, as Derek was talking about, check out the website. We've got, the, you know, the, the blue-collar blueprint on there. And we're, we're trying, guys. We're trying to add some more content to it and give you some more resources. Uh, and, you know, real quick, too, I just wanted to – Give a shout out to MLB one more time and and thank James Dossey and and Chloe and Kelsey and Eric and all the all the people over there that uh, you know have been supporting us and you know recently uh, gave us a big check to help uh, sponsor some kids down at HVCC and uh, same thing for uh, Luke Michaels at the Michaels Group uh, he also helped us out and gave us the ability to give some money to some students and you know, help them uh, pay for books or tools or whatever it is. So just want to say thanks to those guys and uh, thanks everybody for listening and see you next time. Share the show. Share the show.